And now at five, the Miami Dolphins football season is certainly not over yet. In fact, they got a big game Sunday against the Patriots, but one of their key programs did wrap up this past weekend. And it's safe to say those who took part are champions for this community. CBS4 anchor Lauren Pastrana explains. And when they did on the field against the Buffalo Bills and off with their Football Unites Captains program. We bring together different groups and kids from different organizations and they participate in five events with us. They do a community service project to basically help the community um, for them to learn the importance of giving back. All season long, students from around South Florida have teamed up with the Miami Dolphins to learn more about how to better serve the community. CBS4 was there as they packed food at Feeding South Florida and as they toured Little Haiti and Liberty City last month. It was just great to learn about new cultures and stuff. And I, overall, I think that a lot of people should be involved with this awesome program. You get to see new things and you get to learn about a lot of stuff, especially around about culture and the community that we're in. That means a lot to me because uh, there are a lot of people out there who don't have the opportunities of uh, everyday meeting Dolphins people in general and um, just having the chance to do that. At Sunday's game, the kids came out of the tunnel just like the players and even had some one-on-one -on -one time with wide receiver Kenny Stills on the sideline before kickoff. Back inside, they shook hands with Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, whose RISE program facilitated a lesson on diversity, identity, and tolerance. And meeting people is how we start leadership and how we start bonds. We don't know anybody in our community unless we reach out. So be the difference in your community. And while most of these kids will tell you they are Dolphins fans, their bond now runs much deeper than that. We are really striving to make a healthier, more educated, united South Florida, and that's what Football Unite stands for. Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, 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 man, once again, as usual, I always start these off by telling you guys how much I truly, truly appreciate the support. It's been incredible, man. We have been on a great, great ride since the first episode. Now, today is going to be a very, very rewarding day for me because I a lot of you guys know I moved to South Florida to work for the Miami Dolphins Foundation. They were paying me very, very minimal but I didn't, it didn't matter to me because I was going to be a part of a community that I really wanted to be a part of. And today I have the director, the director of development and partnerships for the Miami Dolphins Foundation, Mr. Javier Sanchez. What's up, player? How you doing today? How you doing, man? It's great to see you again or, or hear, hear back from you. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you were, you were a crucial part of the, the foundation. I remember uh, when I first got here, everyone was talking about that was a number one seller out there for the 50-50 tickets, and that's when your name came up. So apparently you made a mark. That's it. That, and you know, that's, 
and everyone that tries to break into sports, I tell them that same thing. I tell them that, like, no matter what, you got to go out and you got to sell something on your, like, you have to have your own vision for what it is you want to do. So I'm really, really glad you said that. I definitely appreciate that. Now, when I, when I first, now I'll be honest, when I first got into this work, I thought it was strictly a football thing. You know, I played football all the way from, you know, little kid to college. And when I started applying to jobs in sports, I thought it was just football by the scout, player, coach. And, you know, I didn't realize that things like the Dolphins Cancer Challenge, like all these philanthropic events happen through these sports teams. And I was looking through your LinkedIn. I was looking at your background before we got on this. And I saw that you, you've been a part of a lot of philanthropic events. Can you just kind of dive in a little bit like I said we have unlimited time here so you could take as much time as you need just tell us how you got involved with uh, all these philanthropic events that you've been involved in since you know you, you've gotten into this work definitely and uh well, first off thanks so much for having me on you know lots of respect to what you did that that plunge that you made for working with a you know being a 50 50 seller uh that that's eye-opening for a lot of people and and one of the big things that's huge about it is the Miami Dolphins Foundation does so much in the community um, through its different programs, its charitable partnerships, the community events. I'm sure we'll touch upon that throughout the call, but that's the first stepping stone. So mm-hmm. similar to how, how you made that plunge uh, back in 2003, I was finishing up college. A buddy of mine asked me, he goes, hey, I'm about to start the Miami Marathon. And I said, great, what's a marathon? Um, and he goes, oh, no. wow. he goes, I, I need someone like you uh, that, that gets, gets events, you get entertainment to really serve as a, uh, a guide for everything from announcers to music bands, DJs, you know, lo and behold, uh, we turned the marathon into a show, into a concert pretty much for 26.2 miles. And as I started to dig into this, this was the start of the running boom. People Mm -hmm. turned around and said, you know, why do so many people want to run? You know, I, the famous joke, I only run when I'm, you know, I'm running away from somebody. Uh-huh. Uh, so, but one thing you started to look into the, the philanthropic side of it, or just overall the charity, the purpose side was people were doing it for a cause. So people yes. were doing it to, people were doing it for their own health. People were doing it to drop weight. People were doing it to fight heart disease. Um, uh-huh. You want to hear a funny one? Like a lot of people were doing it to to get over the challenges of a divorce. Like that was yeah. probably one of the most popular reasons why people wanted to run a marathon. Yes. Um, but all in all, you put it all together, and people were doing it for good reasons. Okay. They, yeah. They were doing it to make a difference, and they were doing it to make an impact. And and the the charity world picked up on that, and they turned around and said, you know what? The two go hand in hand together. So mm-hmm. um, from endurance events, you know, your own self-motivation, you pick up and you say, I want to be a better me tomorrow. Um, the first things you, you know, you do is you, you improve yourself, but you also think about how can you help others? Some people volunteer, some people turn around and say, I want to run a marathon and raise funds for cancer research or for, um, you know, heart disease or, or any, pretty much any cause that specifically touches you. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was my start uh a couple of decades ago just about and throughout there uh i just every stepping stone i kind of just uh with faith and trust just said you know what so long as i'm doing the right thing um i realized that my myself my network my friends the things i got involved with all involved health fitness wellness and Mm -hmm. and they all 
they all had to do with giving back and the charitable side. Now, now I think it's great that you mentioned the charitable side because this this past year was the first time that I was a participant in the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. The previous two years, I had spent working the event and making sure everyone was set up and making sure everyone's bikes and all their materials. So this past year was the first time I was a participant. And the first person that donated to my team was one of the members of my gym. And again, I won't put her name out there, but they had a time in which, man, I was, listen, Javier, I was really, really getting tired of my job. I was just bored that morning and I just was out of it. And, you know, she told us a story. And again, I won't put her name out there because she would probably kill me if I did. But there was a story that she told me. And I work at a boxing gym and I teach ladies how to throw a jab, a cross, an uppercut, hook, all those things. I, I teach ladies how to defend themselves. And there was a story that she told about how, you know, a former significant other of hers had put her hands on her, had beat her, I mean, beat her ass in ways that really shocked me. And and that moment really talked about, talked to me about what we do every day. And sometimes, yeah, and if you're listening in and you're hearing this, sometimes, yes, you and whatever you're doing, your job can get very repetitive when you've learned the skills and things like that. But when you start to see how what you're teaching is helping a person get through a situation like that, Man, it, it, it warms your heart. It pulls and pulls on the heartstrings so much. So, so with that, Javier, I just share any kind of stories or anything you want to tell you about how do you stay motivated to do what you do in, in a world, in an industry that requires so much of your personal time, man. It requires that you're, you're all in. doesn't matter the day or the week. You, you have got to be all in. So just share any stories that you may have that, that keep you motivated as you go on these, on this path of, of charitable work. Yeah, this is, man, you're, you're, you're hitting on it and, you know, props, props to your, I, I didn't catch her name. I think it was breaking up, but props to her. You know, no, no, I'm not gonna put her name out there. She'd probably kill me. No, I know. I know. I, I, I just, I'm just saying props there. I, I want to take a minute to go back and just say shout mm-hmm. out to her, you know, if she's listening uh, and yes. also many others, because that's, that's a huge thing that, you know, uh, you know, strength, all, all I got to say is strength and power to them and, and that they continue to rise up in those moments. You know, I've supported or I've supported a lot of organizations and one of them specifically had to do with domestic abuse. So, um, yes. you know, it's, I, I appreciate what you're doing in that front and the way that you help, uh, people finding their own voice. So, uh, you know, from my perspective, I, I got to tell you, I've done, a, I've done this for a long time and there hasn't, there, every single event that I've ever participated in as, as an athlete myself or even organized, there's always such humbling experiences. Mm-hmm. And when you turn around and ask what motivates me, I'm not fast. I don't run very fast. I don't ride very fast. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to qualify for the Olympics or anything. And every single time I'm at one of these, I turn around and see some stories that just humble you. When, when you're running and you see someone pass you that on the back of their shirt, it says, you know, I beat brain cancer or you're, yes, you're, yes. you're riding and you're seeing, you know, I, I did something with a good friend, uh, a special compass where we told what you call a power buddy. And I ran a 5k pushing a, a child uh, with cerebral palsy. And he wasn't mm-hmm. a child actually, he was, he was a teenager. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just one of those experiences that you just turn around and say, all right, I got to dig a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So yes. you, 
you call me up on a Saturday and I'm here with my kids, family, and you tell me to go get ice cream, I'm going to be the first person to say yes. You mm-hmm. tell me, you know what I mean? Like, this ain't easy. Right. Um, it ain't easy to, uh, to, to just always be motivated, to always be on. But I got I to gotta say, first and foremost, if you surround yourself by it, all of a sudden it starts to become more natural. If you surround yourself by these types of people uh, that are just doing these these heroic efforts, if you see these messages of people that are that are are, are doing these uh, uh, these incredible feats, and you start to ask and find out why, like I could give an example. I rode this weekend with a great buddy, Lewis. Um, you know, we went to the same high school together. We just reunited, and it's been tough for us during the pandemic to to keep training, but we had a goal. We wanted to ride a hundred miles and it was his first time. It was his first time getting to it. Right. And right. we, we set out pretty modestly. We turned around and said, all right, we're going to stop every 20, not a big deal. Um, but at the end, uh, we had to adjust and we turned around and said, we need to make these bite-sized pieces. So we, we stopped every 10 and, but we cut our stop times in half. So rather than stopping for 10 minutes, we stopped twice as often for five minutes. Yes. And the, the reason why I say that example is simply because like when you're trying to fight getting motivated, you, it's, I, I posted about this recently. It's almost like your brain, your heart, your muscles, and your willpower all have to align and say we're in this because it's a, it's a level of trust. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Please, jot, guys, <laughs> I, I hate to cut you off, but I got to get them to jot that down. I don't know where you're listening from. I don't know if you're in your car. <laughs> I don't know if you got a park. Just text it to yourself, whatever. Make sure you put that down somewhere so you can go back to it. Go yeah. ahead, man. Man, I'm getting goosebumps here, by the way, bro. Breathe, breathe, what is it? Breathe in confidence, exhale doubt? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, no, seriously, it takes, it takes a little bit of that just, like, you got you to gotta fool yourself into it until you can get past the hump. But getting motivated to start, I, I always believe you got to surround yourself by the right people, the right networks, the right instructors. You know, I, I see your Instagram channel. I love the way you're, you're coaching up people in the park and stuff. Like, you're not letting the pandemic ruin the fact that we have to stay healthy. Yes. It, it, to me, that was the only way to avoid it. You know, I, I hated the fact that we had to go through it, but the only thing I thought of is like, there's no avoiding it. You know, you have to build your immune system and I'm, I'm not saying that it's not a real thing. I'm taking it very seriously, but at the same time, we have to be more proactive towards it as opposed to just sitting back and like hoping we don't get it. Yeah. And that was my whole approach to it. And that just comes from like Javier said, being around a lot of people who take that approach to life, whether it was a pandemic or not a pandemic, they're always going to, no matter what happens in this world, they're always going to take the approach of, I'm going to be proactive for something. There's nothing I can do when, you know, unfortunate things happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And, and you know, it, it takes a lot, like everyone hit pause. You know, I, I strongly believe that uh, we got to do things safe. You got to wear a mask when you can. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, I can't tell you how many times I've taken my family or my mom to a park mm-hmm. and very easily, very, very easily found plenty of room for us to just play. Yes. And playing might mean running. It might mean an obstacle course, obstacle course that we built one time. It might mean uh, taking a soccer ball or a football or Frisbee. I kid you not. I own just about everything at this point uh, right. of, uh, of being able to just go outside and play and, and, 
there is no shortage of space for that. Exactly, exactly. So, like, what um, I know you mentioned, I know you mentioned that um that you were with the Miami Marathon and that you were doing things with other organizations before you got to the Dolphins. Now, can you just talk a little bit about you know what made you switch roles and take on the role with the Miami Dolphins Foundation? Yeah, well, I got to tell you, first off, and this year more than any other, born and raised Miami guy. So I grew up in an era where, where the Dolphins were our team. The Heat weren't, weren't yet around. The, the Marlins weren't yet around. Uh, so true and true, aqua and orange uh, comes from this household. But, uh, you know, I, I, I'm... Miami not... Dolphins! Miami <laughs> Dolphins! Let's go! Yeah, man. Yeah, I couldn't be more excited. Love the coach. Love the players. Love the way that, you know, chemistry is coming together on the field. Um, he's doing it big, man. I love him. Yo, I, I hate to cut you, but that that moment a week ago when he when uh was it Grant got got hit and he started going to that sideline. I think he won Miami over with that. I really do. There, there, there's so many reasons. You know, I, I can I can I can go for a while. Um, but just the overall vibe, like I like what's yes. happening in this town again. You know, uh, man. I, when people want to talk about positive things for this year, you talk about the Heat, you talk about the Marlins, you talk about the Dolphins. Yes. You know, come on, we're on a roll here. Uh, yes. And, and, and you I, see what I, we got rid of, right, Jets fans? You see what we got rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Amen uh, to that. Stephen Ross, good job. But I, I couldn't be more excited about, um, you know, all, digging in digging in a little deeper, seeing what my passion was, enduring sports, health, wellness, building community, the philanthropic side of things. Uh, the, the Miami Dolphins are just such a huge known player when it comes to obviously the, the NFL and the football teams. But this, uh, the BCC was just such a major proponent to me. Um, you know, the fact that it's grown to become the largest fundraising event in all of the NFL, uh, it falls under the category of being an endurance event. It falls under the category of being an exclusive, my, one of Miami's signature events that, you know, eventually mm -hmm. from all over the world uh, are going to grow to know about. Um, and it raises funds for cancer research at the University of Miami Sylvester Comprehensive Cancer Center, which is, you know, I'm a proud alumni of UM, but also, uh, you know, very, very close to uh, the folks at Sylvester for personal reasons, for family reasons. So yes. the opportunity just kind of from the DCC standpoint, it really just brought it home. Um, people people want to make an impact. They want to do right. And, and this city and this, this tri-county area is just, it's booming with excitement and it has been for the past couple of decades so to join uh to join this event and then take it to another level has just really been a huge thing for me we had a, we had a record year in 2020 we raised more we raised 6.2 million for sylvester and that was huge for us we had more participants than ever we raised more funds than ever and we worked with you know with our with our the community to do so so that really means a lot to me. So, so you know, looking a few years, a few years ago when I made the decision, uh, I, I I knew, I believed in myself, and just said, "Look, this is the right place to be for me. These are the yes. right, the right people, the right ownership." Um, early in my process, I, you know, I, I learned well, not early in my process, just growing up here. I knew who the the owners were. I knew who the CEO was. Like I had read about them. I had seen the moves they had been making. Uh, the football unites program and and Jason Jenkins leadership like it was a it was an easy 
it was a welcome opportunity. And to be very honest with you, I'm very humbled and, and grateful to the organization for having brought me on board a few years back. Move swiftly, finding your place in this world. Teammates, again, I don't disappoint. I, I, there's, I don't just bring anybody on. There's certain people that just have it and they live in their truth. And I had a guest on who, who drew a distinction between your job and your work. All right. So again, this is a, another point I want you guys to really take home. There's a difference between your job and your work. Javier is doing his work. He's doing the work that he was born to do. And every last one of you listening in have the opportunity to do that. If you dive in the same way he dived in, the same way I dived in, you know, four years ago when I said I want to be a part of the Miami Dolphins community because I know what it can do. You know, and that, well, that brings me to like my next topic is the Miami Dolphins Foundation as a whole. You know, we talk a lot about the Dolphins Cancer Challenge because that's a signature event. But, you know, I've been, it's been about a season and a half since I've been, you know, 50-50 raffle ticket seller. Can you just kind of give a, an explanation on how people can support the MDF from a day-to-day -day standpoint? You know, what, what kinds of things are you guys doing, especially during these times? Uh, so much going on. Like, even, even just visiting, uh, you know, the website, miamidolphins.com backslash community, you'll mm -hmm. see that so many different initiatives going on at the same time. We started a food relief program. Um, you know, a big shout out to Jason Jenkins and Leslie Nixon for their mm -hmm. incredible efforts. Jerry's, you know, helping lead that front as well. Uh, they're giving out just about a thousand meals a day, five days a week, and then partnering with different organizations on the weekends, ensuring wow. that the community, you know, during these difficult times has meals to eat. That's a huge factor for us. They're creating jobs throughout those programs. And then mm -hmm. they are, uh, they're also uh, supporting minority owned restaurants as part of the foundation's uh, commitment. So there's a million dollar initiative that went through uh, the minority owned restaurants. Mr. Steven Ross himself uh, had a multi-million dollar impact into making sure this initiative got started. And one thing that we have asked the community, if you could visit uh, miamidolphins.com backslash meals, miamidolphins.com backslash meals, uh, there is an mm -hmm. opportunity to give. Uh, yes. we, we do have some modest and humble, humble rewards, you know, things like a t-shirt or a, a, a football, uh, but that giving platform is open. It, it was our goal to raise just about a million dollars. I can probably click on here. I want to say last time I checked, see where are we at? We are at, uh, we're at $818,654 raised. And, I, and wow. I said exactly wow. the dollar. That way you could, uh, you could document this for when we go live. And, uh, and just to show the, the numbers increasing, this started back on June 1st. Uh -huh. Over, over 200,000 meals uh, have been served since then. And that number is obviously continuing to rise. So that's just one initiative. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the incredible work that our team does with Football Unites. Uh, in the community, just incredible impact of just bringing awareness and resources and support to those communities in need and just bringing everybody together, you know, leveraging the power of football to unite South Florida is a huge one for us. Um, so many different things going on at the same time. Uh, the Nat Moore Endowment Fund, you know, Nat's a, one of, probably one of the most incredible humans I've ever met. Uh, oh, yeah. Him. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, he's a uh, special projects developing Nat Moore. He's a Hall, just so you guys don't, if you guys are listening and you don't know who he is, he's a foreign player who's Hall of Fame. I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame, but I know he's still stayed in the community and he works 
man, he works on some great things. He was that former player. And I know I'm talking to a lot of former players right now. Just Google the name Nat Moore. And that's how your career should end. All right. Just, that's how it should end. It is so much more than you catching a bunch of balls and running for a bunch of touchdowns. Nat Moore is doing some incredible, incredible work. I mean, I've seen him doing things that didn't even have the Dolphins name attached to it. He was just out there helping kids, just helping kids, just being a part of the, I didn't know anybody in Miami or anyone in Florida when I first got out here. And, you know, he was someone that I got the chance to just meet and talk to at at an event and just say, keep doing what you're doing. I didn't mean to cut you off, but that name just meant it sparked something in me. No, it it does for a lot of us. And he was one of those, he was one of those individuals that we loved him on the field. Um, but then, you know, one thing mm-hmm. he, he did for South Florida and he did for the organization is he just makes, he gives opportunities for the alumni to continue to come together. And I think by far, we have one of the strongest and most successful alumni bases of continuous Dolphins fans and supporters. Obviously, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we'd love to see the fact that the 72 uh, team got to celebrate uh, with a toast, still remaining the only undefeated team. Uh, but when it, comes to, mm-hmm. when it comes to the games and the community, you know, Nat just does an incredible job of always being where need is needed, um, you know, where help is needed. So, you yes. know, we saw, we saw him on, on, pl- on a plane uh, heading over to the Bahamas during the year of the storms. Um, you know, we've seen him distributing food right here in the community. He has an endowment fund uh, that is generating scholarships for, you know, kids that, you know, really have opportunities. And I've gone, uh, I went on a trip with him one time and you just, once you get to hear the guys, you know, the guy opens up his heart and just starts talking about the impact that not only that he has made because he doesn't brag about his past, but that he wants to make. Uh, it's just a true merit to turn around. And yes. say, right, this is the epitome. This is the example. He's rallying up the troops. He's building a name for the Dolphins, yes. uh, the Dolphins history. And uh, there's yes. no question about it. He's creating the path for just the young, the, the new players. I shouldn't say young, the, the, the mm-hmm. new Dolphins players to turn around and say, you know, this is what it's about. It's on the field. It's off the field. It's after you're done. You know, once you wear once you wear that Dolphins logo on your chest, uh, there's a lot of pride that goes along with that. Yes, you know, and I used to tell people that all the time. Back in, you know, I grew up in Silver Spring, Maryland, a diehard, diehard Washington Redskins. Oh, well, actually now, Washington football team now. And one thing I realized, though, I knew everything there was to know about the, the Washington football team. And the one thing I realized when I started working for the Miami Dolphins Foundation is, well, I'll give you guys a story. There, we used to have this thing called the garage sale. And the garage sale, we sold all the player-issued stuff. It's why I personally now have so much Dolphins apparel. However, every time, every year that we did it, the things that weren't sold we would distribute to local high schools. And and there was so many times, you know, you could see that the Miami Dolphins worked the hardest. I mean, they did, they do the most in terms of connecting with their community, connecting with the local high schools. I mean, you're going to get out here in South Florida is the most talent. Uh, I've said this on multiple co- uh, podcasts or multiple episodes is that St. Thomas Aquinas has the most players of any high school in the NFL. And that's why I really feel like the Miami Dolphins have has the even though we may not have won a playoff game in, in years, 
the way that they connect to the community is so much more important, you know, and I just want to get that out because it, it's important that people realize that and it gives it some perspective in terms of, you know, football, again, especially at the, the pro level, at the even in some colleges, it's so much more than just wins and losses. It's about how you connect with the community. Just talk a little bit about, you know, how you guys had to adjust post-COVID. I know a lot of what we do was based on, you know, having groups and people coming out and, and we're not allowed to do what we were able to do two years ago. So how did you guys have to adjust post-COVID? Just so people know and they, they want to help out. Yeah, so I, I got to give a big shout out to the organization, Tom Garfinkel, his leadership, and uh, obviously Mr. Ross, and, you know, even Todd Boyan, uh, they, they win and, and just led by example and did this correctly. Hard Rock Stadium has their, you know, safety uh, policies and procedures that they pumped out, and they did it the right way. So it was a huge learning opportunity for myself to just kind of see all that they were doing, the way that they were going about it you know, following the CDC guidelines, but also going above and beyond, getting the GBAC accreditation. Um, and they just went right from day one, turned around and said, you know, we, we have to lead by example, doing this the correct way, doing this the safe way, um, but also uh, continuing to entertain our community. So throughout the summer, mm -hmm. um, they opened up, uh, uh, open-air theaters and in-stadium drive-in theaters. So I went to a couple of these and it was an opportunity for people to catch a movie at a very affordable cost and for the stadium to employ oh. at the start of it all. They hosted a couple of graduations, but it was just really, really thought out because it just laid the groundwork. For, Say that again, Javier. Uh, it was just a start. It was a start from the groundwork that needed to be laid to ensure that uh, they, they knew how to do things safely. They knew how to lead by example. So from the open air theaters evolved, you know, obviously with football games. So we're hosting Dolphins games at 20% capacity, um, doing everything from a minimal contact in the stadium and, you know, overseeing the general areas differently. The employees have different protocols from masks to touchless uh, temperature checks. Um, you know, even food and beverage, they've expanded to everything from express lane pickup to mobile ordering. So again, just a big shout out to the Hard Rock Stadium team for leading on that. And from our standpoint, we are uh, learning from them. So from the DCC side, when you talk specifically about that, um, you know, they are part of our board, but we also turn around and say, you know, what, what guides and parameters uh, work, what have worked best, how do we continue to tweak them? Uh, so we work hand in hand with them. We, we share a similar goal, um, a, a similar, no, the same goal, which is really doing everything that we do to as safe as possible uh, as we can do so. So the priority here, sorry, my computer's beeping. So the priority here just mm -hmm. con continues to be um, live, adjust and learn really as we need to. Were people able to purchase raffle tickets online now, or is it still in person? No, we've, uh, we've done, uh, it's online. So dolphins5050.com uh, continues to be the link, and we've gone primarily uh, digital this year. So the majority of efforts are, are through uh, mobile applications, you know, email, transcends, and then just uh, word of mouth and social. So for everybody that, that's bought in the past, 
they get a text message now saying uh, to go ahead and pick up an entry. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. All right. So final thing I do with all my guests, I call this word association. I'm going to say four words and you just give me a one word answer on what you think of when you hear these four words. Oh, Ready to roll? This is where I get in trouble. Uh-oh, uh-oh, somebody. Uh-oh, somebody. <laughs> All right, word number one, charity. So I'm supposed to give you a word? Yeah, just whatever. Uh, it's going to be a thought, you know, a quick thought that comes to your head. Gotcha, heart. Charity, heart. All right, second word, entertainment. Fun. Third word is family. Love. And the final word, community build all right my man so before i officially close javier i'm just gonna give you the mic for a second to say anything that you need to promote or if you want to give any parting words to the audience as always man i really appreciate you jumping on your your efficiency of getting this done was incredible so with that i'm just gonna give you the mic do your thing okay well first off i just want to say thank you you know uh for for crushing it with what you're doing um, you know, that just, I, I'd rather turn it around and just, you know, big, give a big shout out to you and your audience. If you're out there, if you're exercising, if you need a reason to stay motivated, you know, check out what this guy is doing. If nothing else, just follow him on Instagram because, you know, seeing those pictures, seeing what you're doing with the kids out there, uh, seeing what you're doing with the boxing stuff, I, I just got to say, it makes us all, it, it kind of keeps us all in check to, to realize this needs to remain a priority for us. So, um, you're making opportunities available. You're not letting the pandemic stop you and you're staying positive about it. So I just want to say thanks for having me on. If I, if at all, uh, we can help grow the audience and just realize that staying healthy, uh, during these challenging times is a priority, uh, then, you know, we've done our part. Yes, 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 absolutely. Got to do your part. And, and Javier will definitely stay in touch as things are getting back to normal. Because I, I, as always, man, I've always saw a strong connection between fitness and athletics. You know, the, the slogan to my company is building a bridge from fitness to performance. And, you know, like I said at the beginning, I didn't even know positions like this existed where I can really combine my passion for fitness and my passion for athletics and turn it into one thing. So, man, appreciate you jumping on. We'll be in touch after. We'll we'll continue to work together on several projects and figure out how we can help each other. With that, fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon.
Life will pass me by if I don't open up my eyes. Well, that's fine by me. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself and I didn't know I was lost. So wake me up when it's all over. When I'm wiser. Could stay forever this young, not afraid to close my eyes. But life's a game made for everyone, and love is the prize. So wake me up when it's all over, when I'm wiser and I'm older. All this time I was finding myself, and I. Time.